0: And now, another cup of. The London Fog. Welcome!
1: Welcome!
0: We're
1: back. That we are, Leah. (laughs) Oh my goodness, how's your week been?
0: Pretty, pretty good. Um. feel like I've been so busy. Yeah, it's been busy. I don't really remember what I did this
1: week. I can't even remember. Like I had to sit and really remember. I was like, what was the last thing that we talked about and who went first (laughs) before we started recording? So yes, last week we did talk about, oh my God, I've really forgotten.
0: You didn't really forget. We talked about, um, romance.
1: Oh, we did do romances. It was romance. Because it, they were the romances that were more scandalous yeah, romances. Yeah, yeah. They
0: were like not romantic romances. That's probably why you were confused. You were right. I like, know. Uh. No, I
1: think I just still was on Sid Vicious because I was still thinking about our musicians one. Mm. It's true. Such a good episode, guys. Go and revisit. <laughs> we're really on fire at the beginning of the year.
0: Um. Resolutions
1: get better at podcasting. Check. Yeah, we're amazing. Getting that shit (laughs) on (laughs) your way. So, let's see anything new in the world of Britain. So, one thing that I thought was funny is
0: I saw something in the news this week. You know, like Orkney, the islands off the. The Orkney Islands? Have you, oh, okay. You, you've, no. heard, you've not heard of them?
1: Am I not educated? Well, is my geography shitty? We maybe can be admitted. Or just didn't read Orc? a
0: lot of history. Me?
1: So, islands. I'm or- looking at or- Orkney up.
0: Islands. So, the, the reason oh. that I thought it was funny is because I saw an article that was like the um, huh. Scotland something, something in Scotland ranked the Orkney Islands of as like the best place to live in the UK because there's like um high employment low crime rate you know people are healthy happy but the thing that i thought was funny is that for years and years and years i can't remember some royal person at some point was like banished to the orkney islands it's like over history tons of people have hated the orkney islands so i'm like who is deciding that this is the best, like, the best place to live when it's, like, a place that nobody wants to go to. I oh. mean, I don't know. I've obviously never been there, but it's just They from- look
1: beautiful from what I see. They yeah. have very sheer cliffs. Um, Kind of looks like the Cliffs of Insanity off of The Princess Bride. But, no, it looks so pretty. No, I'm sure it's beautiful,
0: but I just thought it was funny because I was like, I feel like I- that used to be a place where you would, like, send people that you wanted to banish like so. a
1: like a prison colony another penal co- like colony that they had created
0: yeah i mean not not mm. really it but was more really. like <laughs> <laughs> it was more like banishing a member of the royal family to be like you can still be in the uk but you have to be very far you have away. to be
1: in this shitty part yeah. of the uk so
0: anyway but really is there a shitty part think about that
1: right is there like a region that you're all like "Mm," you know like because sometimes I like to joke that the United States like I pick a city that's really crappy and I'm all like that's the armpit of America
0: yeah like North Dakota North
1: Dakota no (laughs) one wants to be sorry North Dakota listeners um
0: (laughs) you know that's actually an interesting thought like when people in the UK are talking about right where's the shit what's the North Dakota of the (laughs) UK
1: right I, I don't, I don't know. And I, do they pick it just by like a country itself? Like are all they like, Oh, the Welsh, you know, like Wales really sucks. Or, or do they like, or is it just like a County, you I think know? it must
0: be like a County. Like there must be just some County where people are like,
1: Oh, Ugh. Ugh, this one, those people from Worcester Worcestershire, Worcestershire yeah. <laughs> they really suck. I don't know. You're driving like you're, Ooh, like who, who are the worst drivers? Have you ever thought of this? Because I still stand by that I think California drivers, though insane, are actually fairly decent because they just know how to cut in. I mean, like
0: yeah, that doesn't mean they're a bad driver, right? The bad right. drivers are the ones visiting California who don't know how 1000%. to control the flow. They're, they're the like, ones that like oh screw God, things everyone's up. Everyone's so bad here. You're like, no, you suck, right? And that's
1: why you think they're bad. Um, bad drivers. I'm still saying Utah. Bad. Everybody drives in the left lane. I mean, goes like a bat out of hell, but like nobody knows how to like merge with traffic. I wonder where the bad drivers
0: of the UK of the UK are. Okay. are. If we have any UK listeners, please email us and right. tell us where's the worst place to live. Who are the worst drivers? Right?
1: Are they like the nor? They're like Northern Irelanders. They suck because they have those really narrow lanes that are covered by like stone walls. So as soon as you put them on like a Autobond or something—they don't know what they're doing. That's totally German.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're confused.
1: <laughs> the um, M3 but... or something.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll, have, we'll, yeah, we'll do a little research. Get back to you guys on that.
1: <laughs> back to the crappiness. Um, the one thing that I found out was the British papers, the Daily Telegraph in London, had to not only apologize but also pay. Uh, oh, Melania Trump yeah. for substan- quote substantial damages over articles, not just one but a couple that they had posted about publishing false statements regarding her family and her modeling career. Um, yeah, they said yeah, that there's yeah, three. Yeah, whatever, no, right? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but they had to write a um, a an apology and then pay for her legal costs. I here's my thing. I kind of wondered what they had been
0: yeah well where are the articles well they probably took them down but somebody somebody
1: saved them somewhere let's see the telegraph cleaned up a, uh up a couple of additional points mrs trump's father was not a fearsome presence and did not control the family hmm. the claim that mrs Cr- uh, trump cried on election night is also false
0: I seriously doubt that. but okay. I don't know. I
1: think she would have, personally. Could you imagine?
0: I think. No, no, no. I mean, I doubt that that was false. Oh, right. I'm right, sure right. she was crying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that she, I mean, she's gone to being like this super rich woman and you now kind of forced to live in the White House, which for her is probably a shanty, you mm-hmm. know? Just saying.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. Backtrack.
1: Backtrack. To shitty well, driving? No, to
0: Orkney <laughs> Islands. I was oh. like, who? Who was I thinking was banished there? Um, so I don't know if anyone who actually really existed was because I I, I looked it up, and all of the like all the history that I think people. I know of the Orkney Islands is all from like King, King Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> But you know what? I, I personally believe most of the Arthur legends. I feel like they're like a I still want you fact.
1: to give your, your you promised me when we were driving the car we were coming back from Galveston. I've told this story multiple times of the things that have brought were brought yeah, up. I know. And we're, King Arthur was one of them. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna I have a lot to say about King Arthur. What
1: kind of episode would that be?
0: Well that's where that's why we haven't done it yet because I just don't know like what you would talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you talk about? I don't know. Like, I mean, it could be a, a romance that goes awry. Or maybe we do need to make one that's just, ooh. Oh, you know what's a good? A factor fiction? Like, a, are these real things? Yeah,
0: because you really wanted to talk about Richard the Lionhearted. So you right. could do, like, a Robin Hood kind of thing. Right? Of like, and then I can do, like, a King Arthur. So it's, like,
1: you don't know. Have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh episode in the making with the people that are going to know about this episode because everybody knows yeah, Kate so, does not edit
0: so we yeah we're definitely going to have to learn about this okay. one of these days we are
1: truly <laughs> going to stumble upon something we're going to end and you're, I think both of us are going to be like you're going to need to go back and like just <laughs> cut that one so- piece out we'll learn to edit <laughs> it's true okay well today well oh Welcome to the London Fog, guys. Oh, welcome! Welcome. Today this we're... is where us two ladies talk about random British shit.
0: If you haven't figured that out yet from the last ten minutes, you never <laughs> know.
1: Maybe people are just starting. Remember, maybe their resolution was two thousand and nineteen. So more podcasts. More
0: podcasts. As everyone should be, right? Um. Yeah. So this week we're talking about British authors. We
1: are. It's been a while since we have.
0: Yeah. That. It was quite a while ago that we last did some authors. So the last authors that we did, wow, that was so, was so long ago. So I think I talked
1: ago. about Mary Shelley. Yeah,
0: Mary Shelley and Thomas Hardy. That's who we talked about. Wow. So yeah, that wow. was back back in the day. That was Back in the heart. No, we must have done another one. What since
1: episode then. number no, is that? Really, Could people?
0: We really have not done another one. since. I don't that. think so. That was in July.
1: Are you that serious? That was our
0: sixth episode. Oh, wow. No, we must have done another author since... No, we didn't, because I think that, like, oh, you're right, because I'm just thinking that because we did, at Halloween, we talked about J.K. Rowling a bit,
1: Uh, and then
0: for one of my romances, I talked about the Dickens,
1: so that's that's why I was
0: like, no, I've totally talked about more authors, but those weren't author episodes.
1: This is an author episode, Yes, and we will bring you more, because, I mean, British culture is laced with plenty of amazing writers and poets
0: we need to do more of that we do
1: and their lives are crazy just it's mine truly is like an episode of downton abbey but Mm -hmm. it's a real life story truly i'm so excited (laughs) i feel like i need to just right there cue in like the the intro music the theme music for downton I'm going to learn how to do that. Okay. But then you're going to have to start editing. I know. know uh, I don't want to do that shit. Okay. Um, Do you want to start
0: today? Yeah, I can start. Okay. Cool. So, I am talking about Robert Burns. Also known as Rabby
1: Burns. (laughs) Oh, Rabby.
0: Oh, Rabby. (laughs) So, so part of the reason I picked him was because I was looking up, like, British holidays, mm-hmm. and last night was actually Burns Night.
1: Oh, so, so Robbie Rab- like, Day?
0: Yes, celebrated <laughs> in Scotland, but we'll talk about that at the end. But yeah, I was like, oh wait, it's conveniently his holiday, so let's talk about him. Perfect. Um, so Robert Burns, Robbie Burns, Robbie Burns. Um, <laughs> he was a Scottish poet and lyricist. Um, he is the national poet of Scotland. He's very popular. Um, a, he's the best-known poet for writing in Scots, um, like a dialect of.
1: Oh, so like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a, it's, it's, a, it's Scottish a, or Scott.
0: Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, but he also wrote a lot in standard English. So, okay. You know, there's both, but the stuff that he wrote in Scots is haggis, like haggis, haggis. Yes. <laughs> That's the only thing I know. Um. So he was born in. Allaway, scotland um he was the oldest of seven children of william burns wow. he was born in a home built by his father uh he grew up super poor so his dad was a farmer his whole life um he he did, this is the weird thing is so they say that he was like weak because he did so much manual labor, but I thought manual labor was supposed to make you strong. But Maybe. anyway. Wait what
1: what year is it? I'm sorry. Oh, I kinda missed it. He was
0: born in seventeen something. Seventeen fifty nine. Okay.
1: I just yeah. want to paint this picture for myself yeah. with seven children and now I can see why they're poor. Yeah. Seventeen
0: fifty nine, seven children, farmers. So um he actually was he didn't his schooling was kinda weird. So, his father taught them at home, and then he was also taught when he was, like, I don't know, like, 10. He had, like, a teacher that he would go to sometimes who taught him and his brother, like, Latin and French and math just for a few years. He was sent to, like, a parish school off and on, but he would always have to come home at harvest time and, like, yeah. you know, do Help a lot of Help with the potato
1: harvest like I did in Idaho when I was at school.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> So he, um, so yeah, anyway, he was basically just farming, kind of did some schooling. He started writing poetry because he fell in love with a girl when he was 15. So he mm-hmm. wrote, so his first attempt at poetry was called Once I Loved a Bonnie Lass. It was a last name Nelly. Nelly. Um, and then, and then he was later sent. Rabbi and Nelly, sorry. <laughs> It, it didn't last. Um And then, like, the next year, he was sent off to do some more tutoring. It's, like, I feel like whenever his family had a little bit of money, they, like, sent him to school and otherwise okay. he'd come back Yeah, and have
1: to work and yeah. have his teenage romance. And so he then,
0: he met another girl. He wrote a few songs to her. um, And, like, I don't know. So that's that's how he kind of got started. Okay. Is that he was, like, in love with
1: all these oh, girls as a
0: teenager. So he started when he was, love. like, about 15. So, then what happens is, you know, he's moving from town to town, blah, blah, blah. When he's, oh, I I need to figure out the age. So, how old do you think he would have been if he was, okay, he was born in 1759. So, in 1785,
1: how old was he? Oh, somebody here, like somebody on that's listening did it right then and they're going to be like, these motherfuckers. In his 20s. Yeah. uh, You said 85? Yeah. So he's 26. 26, okay.
0: So when he's 26, he, this is what's ridiculous. So he's having an affair with a servant of his mother's. So uh, his first child, um, whose name is Bess Elizabeth Burns, is born to this servant that he
1: was having an affair with. Bess is her first name? Her name's Elizabeth. She goes by Bess. Okay, I was about to say, I'm all like, that's really a name? Just Bess? I thought you said it, Bess Elizabeth, and I was all like, holy shit. I always
0: thought no, that. Bess is a nickname <laughs> for Elizabeth. Okay, that's what I thought. I was
1: all like, that's why, that's like some somebody <laughs> having like David David something. Yeah, no, no, no. That's too weird. Um, okay.
0: <laughs> but during this time, he also is having a relationship with this woman named Jean Armore. Mm. So Jean... Um, So they were having an affair also. She gets pregnant with twins. But at this time, he had been... He'd been writing, like, poetry and stuff, but he'd also been writing, like, some satire and um, some political things. And Mm. so her parents did not want him to marry... Did not want them to marry because he had written some things that were, like, uh, critical of religion. And so... They were like, no, we don't want you to marry. Or maybe
1: they caught wind that he already had another girl on the side. Remember, people, keep it in your pants. Like, well, come on, Rabi. Well, that was like a
0: servant girl <laughs> who had his baby. So I don't <laughs> think they really thought that that counted.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So, That's true. It is 1780-something. Yeah.
0: So he, like, signed a paper that said that he would marry her, but her parents were against it, so they sent her away to live with her uncle. Um So while she ran away to live, while she was living with her uncle, he fell in love with this other woman named Mary Campbell. And he wrote a song for her. She too got pregnant.
1: Holy cow!
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they were supposed to run away together to Jamaica. However, she uh, passed away while giving birth to his child. So then he was like, okay, I'm not going to run away to Jamaica. I'm gonna get back together with Jean.
1: So then it would suck to go to Jamaica alone. Let's I mean mean, as it then it does now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So he gets back together with Jean. She gets pregnant with another set of twins. Oh so then her parents are like, All right, you better marry Yeah. (laughs) So he marries her. They at this point they've got four children together. Two sets of twins,
1: and then he's already got two other kids. Or did the other child die? So one with the... died,
0: okay. and then he's got another child, which I don't know.
1: Mistress, child.
0: how great he was at taking care okay. of them. Okay. So after he's married, he decides he's going to support his family. So he does this by trying to be a father, a farmer like his father. Yeah, which he sucked at. Um, <laughs> his father also sucked at it. It's like. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, him... So while he... So he's like trying to be a farmer. He realizes that's not going to work. While he's doing this, eventually, over the years, I don't know like when this happens, but eventually, Gene uh, and he have, I believe, nine children?
1: Uh, Holy... Yeah. You think he would have learned from his own adolescence, being a child of seven, that he's all like, we were always poor and I was always hungry. Maybe I'll have six kids right right you yeah. know one less mouth to feed instead he just decided to overdo it yeah I mind you if she's hip- popping them out by the twos that's gonna be tricky to figure out yeah
0: I'm, <laughs> yeah
1: I don't, I don't know what he was thinking
0: Ooh. um so he so like while he's a farmer he's kind of like he's gotten popular for like writing lyrics and poetry he's actually um also He's been collecting, like, he's very into like the history of like Scottish music and stuff. So he's been collecting like old songs and things. So there's actually like some old Scottish folk melodies that he collected, and then he he would write some lyrics to it if there weren't any. Um, and so he's been working on this. He's getting popular. It's not enough to make him any money. So he um, oh, he gets a job as a tax inspector. Um, so he does that for the rest of his life so he's a tax inspector he's releasing he's writing scottish songs he's um writing scottish poetry he's doing a lot of stuff so like people actually like really liked him and respected him he's popular i feel like you know the guy who's like writing songs, and, like, you know, yeah. it's, easy yeah. um, it's easy to be popular. It's <laughs> to be Right? Like, if you're, like, hanging at the bar and you're, like, hey, let's sing a song, we're drunk, and then you're, like, I wrote this
1: one. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> Pay me extra. Put an extra gold coin in that cup.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. And, and plus, actually, he, like, there was a lot of, like, body lyrics that were very popular with the sailors.
1: <laughs> oh, <Okay. Body. laughs> She had an ample bosom kind no. of lyrics?
0: B-A-W-D-Y. Body. I
1: thought you said body B-O-D-Y. No, no, no. I was no, all no. like, what are they talking about?
0: Well, I mean, like, yes, they are, because that means it's, like, suggestive yeah. and sexual. So, like, yes, that also works. But... Sorry.
1: So, <laughs> like, go to ample bosom? Her yeah. left ankle, but not the right. That one was ugly. <laughs> No. Okay, sorry. Um. <laughs> Continue. Ooh.
0: So. So. Yeah. So he's he's getting popular. I mean, I don't think his wife is very happy. He's continuing to have affairs. Um. He. Mm. Yeah. Things are not great, but he's becoming popular. Um. He he wasn't like super super popular.
1: Racy rabby. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wasn't like super super popular, but like people in town knew him and liked him and respected him. Okay. Um. So he um actually does not live for very long i think he was let me see like 30 something when he passed away like 37 oh wow um let me see if we can do that math yes so he lived from 59 to 96 so yeah 37
1: so Mm. he poor wife nine kids and he's only 37 yeah and the first one he had at 26 yeah
0: yeah. Oh my god. Because of all the twins, right? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> like that's why. So oh no. um Yeah, I don't know. He so he, he um was just starting to kind of become more like uh prosperous like people were starting to pay him for some of his music he was a tax inspector which is better than being a farmer yeah at least for him because he sucked at farming um but people were he was also like an advocate for like reform and like votes Mm -hmm. for all men so some of his friends hated him because like this is when like the french and american revolutions are going on and he's like yay revolution meanwhile we all know scotland was kind of beat down years prior to that and so the rest of the scottish people are kind of like no revolution. <laughs> like, we don't want that. So We just want life to
1: be simple. Yeah.
0: But oh. um, what happened was he... So his um, political views came to the attention of his uh, employers, the tax inspector people. And so they were, like, a little worried about his loyalties to the crown. So he joined the British Volunteer Corps... And so what they were, is it was, like, a part-time organization for homeland defense during the French Revolutionary War. So, like, during that time, the UK felt like they really needed that. So he joined that, um, and that kind of, like, I don't know. He, at that point, though, he was already, like, not very healthy, and so he... Was starting to age, and he couldn't really do that, and he couldn't really do anything. Um, he, he was drinking a lot, which I guess makes sense because he was like, "You got nine cans yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he never so asked for they, that. They I think he had a heart condition, but I don't know if anybody was sure that he had a heart condition. But he had; they think that's what happened. So he dies when he's thirty-seven. Mm. His funeral took place the same day his last child was born
1: oh um, so she's so uh, when you were like,
0: oh she 's left with nine kids yeah she's left like on the wh- day yeah, oh. yeah so um so anyway, so they bury him um he his wife luckily was smarter than him, and so <laughs> she she had uh saved like some because um, he was, like, kind of free with lending his friends money or whatever. So she'd
1: saved, like, the notes.
0: That she people, saved she, the money
1: that he got from the, the drinking songs and the yeah. people and their extra yeah. gold coins. And
0: so she she decided that she um, was going to support his children by publishing an edition of his complete works. Okay. So it was a four-volume edition of his complete works. And so she went to a bookseller the the fundraising took a long time. However, they were be able, able to get like significant amount of funds, mm-hmm. and they were able to publish that. So he ends up, I guess, with all his affairs or whatever. He ends up with twelve children. So now, oh. so I guess people have like you know people are so into genealogy. So at yeah. this at the t- at in two thousand twelve, Robert Burns had six hundred living descendants. Like because those twelve kids they also reproduced.
1: Jaw <laughs> on the floor. Yeah.
0: So, but the thing is, so he, because of what his wife did after he died to, like, try to raise money by publishing his complete works, that really actually brought his popularity up a lot. And so, so he's, like, way... You're always more
1: popular when you're dead. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's way more popular now than he ever was. Like this podcast, one of us has got to (laughs) die. And when that happens, it's going to be amazing.
1: (laughs) We're going to hit the top ten charts.
0: Yeah. So, hit, so, like, hit... He got really popular. I think part of it also is, like, like at, at that time, it was, like, he was, like, a revolutionary. People were, like, no, yeah. like, Scotland doesn't want to be, right. like, so revolutionary. <laughs> Keep but your I mouth feel shut. Like, yeah, but I feel like now it's, like, people are very, like, Scottish pride, like, yeah. you know. And so his stuff that he was, like, all that Scottish stuff that he was collecting and writing and whatever is very popular. And so what has happened is there is this holiday that they celebrate in Scotland, And it's called Burns Night. And what happened was a few years after his death, his friends started to, like, get together to commemorate his career on the date of his death, which is July 21st. Mm -hmm. But then they changed that to his birthday, because I thought celebrating death day was a little weird, which I agree. Um, And so what would happen was his friends would just get together and, like, have supper and, like eat his favorite things and, like, recite his poems. And so it's now it's, like, a nationwide, everyone in Scotland will, like, get together on Burns Night and have a Burns Supper and, like, recite his poetry. And so, yeah, it's... um, I want to be so cool. I know. It's kind of fun. (laughs) So he actually, he's gotten very popular. They had, like, a a poll in Scotland, like, 10 years ago of, like, the the, um, greatest Scot ever. Okay. And he actually won. He oh. narrowly beat William Wallace of Braveheart fame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> William um, Wallace. I can't believe that. I would almost think, I mean, Braveheart had to do him a lot. But I'm also thinking like, I I definitely know more of Wallace's actions and rights than more than I think Robert Burns. Rabbi. Really? Dear you? I feel like
0: <laughs> so he, but because the thing about Robert Burns is he actually, there's so many like Scottish... Um, descendants in the US. He's actually like super popular in the US and like right. Canada and stuff too. Well, I have to say, and- out of
1: writers, he's one of the people I've actually read his poetry. My parents had a handful of, you know, famous poets' books, and Burns was one of them.
0: Well, and actually, so if you, that was the other thing I was going to say is if you read his poetry most of them are actually meant to be songs like he, he's mostly was writing like song lyrics yeah.
1: um they are very rhymey
0: <laughs> yes the one that everybody should know the best which i can never say it right
1: is i can't talk right so you're in company all
0: long seen that yeah all
1: song. Old Zine. i know it's sign Zine.
0: all long sign. sure yeah so he wrote that okay so that's like probably the most popular of all his
1: acquaintance Be yeah. forgot that one okay yeah
0: um there's a to a red red rose I remember reading mm-hmm. that in high school or something yep. um to a louse to a mouse I don't know if you've read that
1: but
0: I mean probably
1: or not yeah, I don't yeah. know but it's cute um,
0: yeah so uh so yeah so he um so anyway so for Burns Night I just wanted to talk about that a little bit more because you know it's fun um The main thing people do is... So apparently a lot of people fight about whether or not they should wear kilts on Burns Night because... Robert Burns was a Lowlander, so they said that he would not have worn a kilt because Lowlander. It's usually Highlanders. However, he was like a champion of like Scottish people should be Scottish and people should wear traditional dress or whatever. So other people think he would have worn it just to like (laughs) you know keep it alive, and so that's why people are like, oh, should we wear it or should we not? Which I think is a funny fight for people to have. Um, (laughs) And so the main thing people have is they drink a lot of whiskey. They eat haggis, Mm-mm. and then uh, there's a lot of poetry readings. There's the Selkirk Grace, is like a prayer of thanks that he oh. wrote, which I think is funny. I'm gonna read it, but um, I don't speak Scots, okay. so <laughs> like,
1: and no accents. We already discovered yeah, that in the yeah. last episode, Leah will not do an accent.
0: So it goes: Some have meat and cannot eat; some would eat that want it, but we have meat and we can eat. So let the Lord be thank it. <laughs>
1: I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so like that. That's like shake and shake the ketchup bottle. None will come and then a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's his. And then people usually have a s- turnips and potatoes known as neeps and tatties. is what. I love the that. Scott that's so cute. It. So that with the haggis and the whiskey. And the louse mouse. <laughs> yeah. And then they offer a. Um like a toast at the end there's a toast to the lassies which i guess is like also something that robert Burns would do and probably so then you're yeah i don't know anyway he
1: couldn't keep it to himself so yeah. you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so that's that's robert burns and burns night he's very popular i think his poetry is pretty funny for like yeah you know it's like cues it's not like you know sometimes you read poetry and you're like well wow, this is like like tennison you're like wow this yeah. is like a 20 page poem and, and it's I'm so deep so tired yeah. of it i don't want to know what they're talking about yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but I've if you lost want interest. some light
0: fun poetry and lyrics <laughs> you can look up rabbi burns
1: rabbi burns i love it and actually it ties in so well to mine
0: okay i was actually afraid that you were gonna pick him just because it was burns night that i was like what if she saw that too no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i didn't i didn't i have to say like i always kind of pull random things up to like what am I going to search this by? Uh-huh. And I definitely passed over his names a couple of times. And I was like, oh, you know, which definitely talked about him. But I actually stumbled upon this other person. And I'm super happy I did. Because like I said, it's like after I read about her life, it's like a Downton nap episode. Oh, like yes. come to life. So I am talking about Beatrix Potter. Oh, yeah. Um, Not to get confused because after I saw that, I was all like, this is a Harry Potter character. And then I thought of Helena Bonham Carter, because she plays Don't Bellatrix. start getting into, like... <laughs> But, her, well, her full name is Helen Beatrix Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born July 28th of 1866, and was an English writer, illustrator. But the coolest thing about her, I think, is that I would say, first and foremost, girl was definitely a feminist. And loved science, especially natural science uh, sciences, and uh, studied a great deal of botany. And
0: um, wait, pause.
1: Yes. Oh, sorry. Wait. Did uh, I just jump into uh, already with mining? You weren't finished. No, 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 no. Okay. No.
0: I just had a question, sure. but then I realized maybe I'm jumping ahead. Okay. But is she Peter Rabbit?
1: Peter Rabbit. Because... The last mouse and Peter Rabbit. Did you? Did you? Did
0: you... Watch that recent Peter Rabbit movie. I didn't. It was surprisingly good.
1: Really? (laughs) Anyway, All I know is, like, Peter Rabbit, the thing about it that even as a child, I read and, I mean, I don't know if, you know, adolescent Kate would have said, like, wow, Peter is an asshole. But definitely adult Kate is all like, (laughs) Peter is an asshole. Like, but she definitely made, like, that character that's kind of a little selfish and a little who like almost destroys that like farmer's life. Oh my but, gosh. You know, yeah, it's so bad, <laughs> <laughs> but it made a great children's story. So, um, anyway, uh, Beatrix grew up in a home with her parents and she had one brother. Uh, her parents weren't overly educated by any means, but, um, her dad was a philosopher. He did study at, uh, Manchester college And uh, he also practiced a bit of law doing that, and he married Helen Leach, who uh was a daughter. This, I thought this was very interesting. On her mom's side, she Beatrix is related to Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge. Mm. They are a couple cousins removed, and obviously generations removed seeing that she was (laughs) born in 18, uh, 66. Uh, they lived in Manchester area and family was great and good. And parents had a very, in a huge interest in the arts, uh, getting good education, but her parents were interested in her having governesses to make sure that she was educated in all different realms of, um, education of subjects. Um, her favorite, uh, (laughs) well-rounded woman, um, her favorite and the last of her three governesses was a woman named Annie Moore. And she's important. She was only three years older than Beatrix. Um, She taught her German as well as how to be a lady's companion. Mm. Because the family wasn't super high up. They figured that at some point she would maybe need to go and join a household if she was going to kind of marry up in status. So they taught her how to be a lady's companion. Which I have to be honest, I don't really know what that education entails. So,
0: let me tell you. I'm ready. Basically, it's what she did. Like, you have to be... Like, well-rounded. Student, yeah. Because like, you're hanging out with your, like, wealthy, like, lady that you work for. So you need to be able to, like, converse about anything mm-hmm. that they are. So you need to know about art. You need to know about music. They usually you need to play an instrument mm-hmm. because if they're, like, at an event and they need someone to play yep. the piano, that's your job. You need to speak French because
1: right ladies
0: spoke French you need to have good handwriting because yeah. you're going to write all the letters for her she's going to dictate to you so it is like, everything you need to know how to manage the household because you're going to be like happy. yeah it is it
1: is. <laughs> so um they remained great friends and Annie actually went on to have eight children Mm. So we'll get back to Annie and her kids later, but as Beatrix grew up, her family kind of was hopeful. Well, her parents were hopeful that she was gonna get married, but um, she had not really the opportunity to meet many guys in her small area or gentlemen, I should say, because her parents definitely just didn't want her meeting even somebody that was just average. she they really wanted her to marry up and marry, a which is weird.' Which is hard. like you're
0: gonna be like, okay, yeah. Either if you don't marry someone good enough, you're just going to be someone's companion and alone forever. Right? Like,
1: what? Yeah, her parents didn't really give her that option. Mm. So they would summer holiday in Scotland and sometimes also at the Lake District in England. Uh, Through the years, though, as she became a teenager, uh, Beatrix became exceptionally interested in natural science. She loved anything that had to do with plants, her biggest work and focus was studying, um, fungi and like kind of mushrooms. She loved botany. She, they said that she loved everything save astronomy. Girl didn't give two Fs about the stars. <laughs> she was like, screw that. But I mean, this is right during the height of, Victoria, Queen Victoria's reign. And that's Mm -hmm. when a huge part of like intellectual curiosity definitely came into fruition. And especially it was a time when women still didn't go to university. So she took on many personal tutors, begged her dad who had gone to school that could people come and educate her so that she could be almost as educated in these things as a man would. And her father had obliged and, um, she began writing many, um, papers. One being, um, that was written was backed, uh, by the, by, uh, a man named William Thiesten Dreyer. He was a director at Crewe College, um, and she had submitted a paper, I'm going to, butcher this, on the germination <laughs> of spores of the Argochinae, which is a kind of term for a mushroom. She wanted to talk about mushrooms, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, and she had submitted the paper to a society because she couldn't send it to a, um, a university. And the paper, frankly, discredited it because it was quote, written by a woman, end quote. (laughs) Uh, She subsequently withdrew it and released some of her samples that she had made to other publishers to see if they would be interested, but no one would look at her paper because she's a woman and apparently would know nothing. But along with the paper, she had discovered um, and had drawn all of her illustrations of said mushrooms, and people were really delighted in what they saw. Um, so that's kind of what sparked a little bit of her interest while she was doing all this. So that's kind of her teenage years into early twenties and mid twenties was writing these papers. Nobody had come around that her parents, um, approved of, oh, upstairs neighbor, (laughs) just dropping some stuff. Sorry. It's
0: okay. He's adding some. In- interesting noises to the No, I thought somebody
1: was, like, knocking on the door. So I saw, like, well, that's going to ruin recording time. <laughs> um, So she's in her mid-20s now. Parents still haven't found anybody that is worthy of her to marry. I'm and- sorry.
0: Back then, mid-20s, she's an old maid. Yeah.
1: Like. <laughs> yeah, she is. Um, And so, and she, you, there's, like, this sweet, like, feminism about her not just being like a feminist and really wanting to pursue something that was definitely just a male driven um society and science and something to kind of just break the regular mold of life but there's something about her that innately was wanted to be a mother so she Mm -hmm. goes back to annie and asks if she can start writing to her children so she'll just write them little letters and after she kind of Ran out of things to say. (laughs) She started making up stories. Uh, You
0: know, I feel like this is how a lot of British children's stories get started.
1: Yeah, yeah, just loneliness and (laughs) the fact that it was just a letter and not really, like, I'm going to sit and make a book out of this. Mm -hmm. But she, um, you know, in her childhood had read things like Aesop Fables and the Grimm Brothers and um, was... It took a lot of inspiration from that. She said she also had read um, The Owl and the Pussycat and Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Uh, but she said that she liked uh, Alice in Wonderland, the illustrations, more than what the story was about. I mean,
0: it's a creepy, creepy it's story. so weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know how many people listening have actually read it and not just seen the Disney version. Right. Which is also kind of Also creepy. weird. But, like, the actual book, I'm like... I don't
1: think I'll be reading that to my children. Right. So she started writing some stories to Annie's children and would send little pictures and illustrations with it. Slowly through time, Annie started to collect the letters, of course, because they had you know special value with the illustrations in them and started to kind of recognize that there was something here that was pretty good and told um, Beatrix that she should send them into a paper and she mm. should get them published, which she did. And she started to make a little bit of her own money off of that, which was super exciting. And surprisingly, her parents were like, all cool with, you know, um, <laughs> they were like,
0: we don't need to marry someone we don't approve of, but please support yourself. <laughs> right. I and mean, you know,
1: Take care of your damn self. But, you know, and it was also published under her name, which I also found slightly surprising because at that time, a lot of things made by women were, under a pen name or something. So um, time kind of goes along and she starts deciding to make more of these books while she's studying still a lot of her botany, her plants and herbs and fungi. <laughs> and she starts making a story about a rabbit, Peter Rabbit to be... Probably
0: because she's like so into the mushrooms. Right. Was
1: like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh just uh she started making this story about Peter Rabbit. She was sending it to Annie's children at first, just because she was running out of things to say, and she made a story about four little rabbits whose names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. Uh, and that's what the basis started to make into the book. She then took it to publishers, who of course at first rejected it because why? I quote, no. <laughs> I guess because she was a woman. Um, mm. Yeah. So they didn't accept any of her things. As... I mean,
0: it's not like that has changed. Like, right. <laughs> J.K. Rowling had to publish under a, like ambiguous names. Right. So
1: that wasn't that long ago. That is the truth. Uh, so... She decided fine and that was multiple publishers said no. So she published the book out of her own expenses from all the other little stories made up. She pretty much used all of her savings to make mm. the book and she gave it to family and friends. At that time, the family and friends were all like, this is too good that it really needs to be published. And it was once like other family members started approach And I'm guessing men, family members. No, I'm just kidding. As soon as the men liked (laughs) it. Then they took it back to the same damn publisher. The same publisher. Um,
0: Well, okay. But back then, how many publishers were publishing children's books? Like maybe there weren't a lot of options.
1: (laughs) Well, it's true. I mean, this is definitely kind of the late 1800s. And children's books were just becoming a thing. There was like fairy tales. But even fairy tales, I mean, you think like grimm's brothers and and grimm brothers and you think like those are adult stories yeah by far you know but these are genuinely children's stories and it was just a new genre that i don't think people saw the value
0: in people i mean up until then books were so expensive right i think it also spending that money for their children right
1: i think it also just took people seeing like that the newspapers were doing so well with it uh, that they're all like, well, maybe we could try a book out of it. So she goes back to the same pub- publishers. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Frederick, Warner, and Co. But they they get a hold of the book, and then they decide to take action on what they start just calling the bunny book.
0: The bunny book. <laughs> the bunny book.
1: <laughs> so they publish it, and it is... Um, Released on October, 7, uh, blah, 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 October 2nd of 1902. And it was an immediate success. And uh, from that time going forward, Frederick Werners and company um, just asked her to start writing more books. In total, she made 23 books. Oh,
0: I didn't realize there were that many. I knew there were a lot. but
1: And be- they came became such a staple at this time. Um, she made books until a little bit after World War I. It's about the time she stopped because why? Why she does a girl stop? Old. She's getting old. Yes, oh, and no, because she, she wanted to get married. She wants to be a sheep breeder.
0: Wait. What? <laughs> okay, I got to say I respect that more than her being like, "Oh, I'm going to get married and give up my career." No. Nope. At least she was starting a new career, a fresh start, breeding those sheep to eat those
1: mushrooms. <laughs> she was um in 1905, so a couple of years into the success, um, remember, she's publishing for Franklin Warren and Company. Mm-hmm. Norman Warren officially engages her, mm-hmm. which her parents go, nuh uh you can't marry him. Why? Because Warren is in trade, meaning he's not a gentleman.
0: But she's freaking in trade.
1: She's a right? children's book, and I guess breeding sheep. <laughs> Here's the thing. She's born in 1966. This is 1905. 1866. Eight, I'm sorry. 1866. <laughs> and it is now 1905. So she's 40 something. She's She's 39, 39. Almost 40. Okay. And her parents are like, No, you don't. <laughs> you can't marry him. And like, Are you serious, mom? Are you serious? <laughs> this whole time. She's been living still in her parents' house.
0: Okay? Well, back then you didn't really move out unless
1: okay. you got married. <laughs> true, true. And it's still that time and age that she just, you stay there until you, um, well, aren't. You get married or you die. <laughs> or you become a lady's parents come die. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was a super smart businesswoman. She knew that once Peter Rabbit, the very first little bit, she saw the... A, success of it she patented it and made a doll she made board games wallpaper That's figurines smart. and made. back then
0: people did not know
1: right that. and she just made shit tons of money so with the money she's all like i want to buy a house mind you a house that her parents would have to come with her because she can't live by herself but she <laughs> gets a little cottage villa that she's all like, I'm gonna do this, and this is where I want to raise my livestock because now woman has decided I'm 40, and not only am I gonna have sheep, she didn't go and become a crazy cat lady. She became a sheep woman. Mm,
0: I think and that uh, might be crazier than right? that lady.
1: <laughs> and pigs, cows, and chickens. And probably somewhere was still harvesting mushrooms and studying them. <laughs> so she gets this little piece of property. It is her own, um, this is now, it's 1909. She's getting a lot of um, pushback from the bank and a lot of issues uh, up with like law firms because she is a woman trying to buy property. And that just didn't work that way. Even though she was very much independent, she wasn't seen as an independent woman. Yeah. Somebody that helped her with her fight with this was actually the guy that um, secured kind of the fencing who's I would just say back then almost like a realtor. Um, <laughs> she bought the property but needed a way to keep all of her animals and livestock in. So um William Healis was that guy who helped her with that and continued to help accompany her in going into like I don't want to say courts, but approaching like lawyers saying like She should have her own land. She should be able to do the same things as a man because she can support it.
0: And then she was like, thank you for building me a fence. Let's get married. No, just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, he definitely helps. Well, this is why it's Downton Abbey. It's kind of predictable. (laughs) He definitely like helps support her and like says, yeah, you can do this babe all independently, but I'm going to help you because you can't. (laughs) And by summer of 1912... He proposes, and Beatrice accepts, although she didn't immediately tell her parents, because once again, they disapprove, because Helis was only a country solicitor. Okay. By this point, okay, she, new map. is she like 50? And her parents are all like, no, uh-uh. How old are they? They're like in their 70s. So oh, 66. That's 30 more. Um, yeah, yeah, she's like about 50. And her parents are still telling her, no, you can't do it. And these are the only two proposals that we know of. They think that it probably happened more for her, but her parents and uh, like when she was younger, but they all turned up their nose at it. Here's the thing. They're, neither one of them were gentlemen. Like he wasn't a gentleman. Yeah, but her parents
0: are practically
1: dead. I
0: to not be lonely you know i mean she's past the point of having children but she could at least have some companionship
1: so they do marry though yay for beatrix they were married october 15th of 1913 in london um the couple moved into the little cottage that they end up calling castle cottage um and continued to work there um, building their livestock livestock, and living a country life. It was right about this time when she wrote her last couple of books because not only uh, the war was going on right around this time, but also she was just getting older and tired of writing children's books. <laughs> <laughs> um, her father died in 1914, and she was definitely a wealthy woman by this point, but she also inherited part of his oh, estate yeah. not like loads of it but a decent and then amount. she got married they were married just the year before so oh, maybe okay. maybe the fact that she married a, a solicitor killed him but at least she's not <laughs> alone <laughs> oh, um so they live this sheep farming life it's beautiful uh at the towards the end of her life um she ended up passing of pneumonia and heart disease uh, but she was 77. I mean, good life, yeah. full life, and she left all nearly all of her property to the National Trust because her books and had become such a, um, I don't know, something uh, I would say uh, very, Britain patriotic because it not only had come during World War One, but because you know how everything takes a bit of time to kind of catch wind. Definitely by World War Two, those were just very classic comforting Mm -hmm. british tales so uh a lot of people looked at it as her um kind of endowment to the nation was just her patriotism for writing these children's stories but also that she then left over a huge chunk of land plus a whole bunch of cattle and sheep and everything that kind of got devastated during the war war and it was 1943. So they were just at the tail end of it when everything had burned through, um, her husband, uh, outlived her not by much longer, only about a year. And then, uh, he donated the rest of what they had to the national trust just to help rebuild England. Um, Right now, uh, there is a central office there that they renamed Helis in their, um, the last name, his last name, but she did end up taking his last name in their memory and uh, have put up a couple of plaques and statues of some of her figures from her children's books in commemoration of her memory and everything that she did for British culture during that time. So, they never had any children, so they always just said that England and her stories were her children. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. And that is the life and awesome woman that this scientist and writer Beatrice Potter was. Yay! I still think you should watch the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the new, new Peter it's on
0: Netflix, and it has, oh, what's his name? I liked him so much. He was Bill Weasley. And oh. And Dominic. Dominic? I have no idea. He was, Bill Weasley, he was in Star Wars. I saw him once in London, like walking down the street (laughs) and I was like, Donald Gleason
1: donald yeah. gleason D- oh Dom, Dom. Dom. okay i don't
0: know he's irish whatever i
1: don't know how to say that anyway he does not belong on the podcast <laughs> i
0: like that movie guys watch it it's on netflix in the perfect USA. an
1: endorsement <laughs> all right
0: okay well i guess that's all we got for you t- this week yeah so authors long episode um we will be back we will be back we, we may not be back next week because Kate's going on a little vacation
1: so um, if we
0: we are back it might be just a little bit later than normal which we don't always (laughs) warn you when it's later than normal so
1: we're going to get better at that I'm going to get better at that (laughs) Um, yeah so cheers cheers, guys